You're listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 261. In this episode, I am talking about how to be a productive podcast host. Welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing and succeed with masterminds. Today, I want to take you behind the scenes of my podcast and share how I was able to launch with 100 episodes in 100 days and then do three episodes a week. It all comes down to having a process and being as productive as you can be as a podcast host. Go to sigrun.com forward slash 261 for the show notes of this episode and there you'll also find a link to sign up for my free video series, Build Your Dream Business. In this episode, I'm going to take you behind the scenes on what you can do to be a productive podcast host. We're going to look at podcast vision and why, niche and ideas, equipment, description, name and title, intro setup, process from A to Z, and repurposing. So let's dive in. Before you launch a podcast, you should be clear on why. Why are you doing a podcast? I have the firm belief that podcasting is an advanced content strategy. It is not as good for lead generation as maybe video or blogging, but it is fantastic to build your authority. And therefore, before you launch a podcast, I highly suggest that you do have a business, that you're making money in your business, and that you have used some other list building strategies. Because what you actually will find out is that podcasting is not the best lead generation strategy, but it's fantastic to build your authority and nurture your existing email list and especially your clients. So why did I launch a podcast? I launched my podcast in August 2017, I already had a very successful business. I was on track to make seven figures in 2017. I wasn't there yet, but it looked like it would happen and it did. And I do think the podcast played a role in creating extra momentum for my business. But it was already in the second half of 2017. So I had already made about three, 400,000. And it looked like with my launches and what I was selling that I would achieve the seven figures. So I built it for authority, yes, thought leadership to get my message out, to be able to tell stories, to be able to share with you an episode like this one, how you can be more productive in your business, even if you think you're not productive, <laughs> to network with other thought leaders. So yes, I had connected with a lot of people over the previous years going to conferences and I felt that having a podcast and being able to interview guests 
in the online business and marketing world would be beneficial, not just for me personally, to increase my network, but to bring those thought leaders to my community. And that's where the podcast is so fantastic and has a huge advantage over video and blogging. I also wanted to showcase my clients, do on-air coaching and case studies. And yes, you can do that with a blog and video, but I felt podcasting what a better medium. So you got to have a vision and a reason why you do a podcast. I have a why for doing a podcast, for doing my business. I want to have a bigger impact and reach. And those people don't all need to be my clients, but I want my people to be inspired, to think big and take action. I wanted to create content more easily, more scalably. I was very tired of doing my webinars. I did over 100 webinars in one and a half years, and I wrote several blog posts, but it felt like a daunting task, and podcasting felt much lighter to me. But it's a big, big commitment, and that's why I want you to seriously think about it before you start a podcast, if this is the right medium for you. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's not something that you know after 10 days if this is a good thing or not. You have to do it for a year to be able to seriously assess if you should continue or not. And so many people give up. And doing a podcast and then giving up shortly after you start, it's a shame. Also for the guests on your podcast. So you want to make sure that you're in it for the right reasons and you're willing to play the long game. You got to pick a niche. Now, everybody says this. I didn't pick a niche and it's challenging. So if you can, and I hope you can, pick a niche. One of my friends in my mastermind group, she is a business coach for neighborhood hairstylists. I often bring this example because it's such a fantastic niche. And yes, she has a podcast. She launched at a similar time to me. And it's easier for her to market her podcast because it's so clear in her niche. I have a more general online business, online marketing podcast for female online entrepreneurs. I know there are many others targeting the same market. So it's a bit harder to get the word out. But podcasting is also about word of mouth. People will tell you that they're listening to a podcast. They will recommend it. And I hope if you are listening to my podcast, that you are recommending it to others because it's not a medium you can so easily share as you can do with video or blogging. So it's a pretty much word of mouth, a little bit through search and yes, ads, but mainly the word of mouth. So what is my niche though? Mm, I would say a European podcast in English. Although my podcast is launched on iTunes in the United States, I know from looking at my podcast stats that most of my listeners are in Europe. I have many in the US and Canada and elsewhere in the world, but most of my listeners are in Europe. So when I look at that, I actually do have a niche. It's a podcast of female entrepreneurs, as I said, and my topics cover everything from finding your true passion and the right business idea or how to build a multiple million dollar business. So yeah, it's a broad range. I cater to different audiences and I talk to guests from all over the world. When I was launching my podcast, and I suggest you do this too, 
I had some doubts, like, do I have enough content? Do I have enough stories to tell? And I was on the plane from Social Media Marketing World in 2017, where I really got the kick in the butt idea to launch a podcast. And still, I said to myself, I'm not going to launch one unless I can easily come up with 100 ideas. So that's what I suggest you do. Once you have decided that you want to launch a podcast and you know your niche and you know your why, sit down for an hour and see if you can come up with 100 ideas. And if they come very easily to you, then you're on the right track. If it's a struggle, then maybe there isn't time yet. Maybe you need to do some research, send out a survey to your list, ask your clients. I also listed 50 guest speakers that I wanted to interview because I wanted to alternate solo episodes with guest speakers and honor coaching. Of course, you need some equipment and I've actually created a page for you. So I don't need to list my equipment here on this episode and then you need to somehow write this down and maybe you are walking outside or driving a car. So I have created a page. It's sigrun.com forward slash kit. Very easy, sigrun.com forward slash kit. And there I have my whole podcast equipment, also my video equipment. And I have a little comment about each gadget so you can decide where you should get started. We'll link also this in the show notes so that you can more easily find it there. Podcast software. There is free software out there called Audacity. It works, but I already had the Adobe Cloud subscription for Photoshop and Lightroom. And that's why I've always used Adobe Audition. And I love it. It's the same software that my podcast editor uses. So it's easy for me to put some markers in if I want something edited. But you don't need to pay for software. If you're on a Mac, there's also GarageBand. But make sure that you record with a software that has a high quality WAV files, not MP3 or MPA files, because they are of a lower quality. When I have a guest, I used to use a software called Sencaster. It was a little bit shaky. It did have WAV files, which is what my podcast editor wanted. But because it was shaky and it was an extra step, I've abandoned it. And since Zoom now is able to record different audio tracks, I'm using Zoom. I still use Adobe Audition always for my end of the recording for Zoom. You gotta have in the settings that it records different audio tracks. And then you can get a different audio file for each guest. So you could be interviewing two people and then Zoom will save three files, one for your voice and then two for your two guests. And this enables your podcast editor to level out the audio and make it sound better, even if people have different microphones and different backgrounds. So definitely something you should make sure you have different audio tracks for each guest. Every time I record, I check the sound. I think it's only happened to me once that I've recorded with the wrong microphone. So it's really a part of my setup. And that's why I I have a podcast day. That's how you are more productive. If you are recording a podcast, uh, you record one day here and one day another podcast, you become unproductive. And what can happen as a side effect is that your settings might be wrong. So when I have a podcast day, the first thing I do, even if I'm recording on the same computer that I recorded maybe the week earlier, I check my audio. And yes, it's so weird. By using different software, suddenly your audio settings are off. 
I make sure it's always the same audio setting and that the sound is coming from my podcast mic and not from the computer mic. I plug in my headset into the microphone directly. You do not plug your headset into the computer. You plug it into your microphone. You want to really hear how your voice is being recorded. So I check this every time and the important thing is to have a podcast day. Now, let's say you have your why, your vision, your niche, you have your 100 podcast episodes listed, you have signed up a few guest speakers, you have your equipment. Well, the next step before you kind of go into recording and all that stuff is to have a description of your podcast. I suggest that you look at your favorite podcasts on iTunes and look at the description they have. I have a description that I came up with after checking out various different podcasts and seeing what people do. So what should be in your description? It's important that if you have had business for a while, that you talk about maybe the level of your business. You may not have to mention a revenue. Not everyone does that. I am being very transparent and I do talk about my revenue. So in my podcast description, it says that I have a multiple seven-figure business. I also have a quote from James Wetmore, who is my coach from my mastermind. And he said to me when he introduced me to the mastermind two years ago, he said, Sigrun is like the female James Bond of online marketing, a true international woman of mystery and inspiration. And I thought this was a fantastic quote for someone who just got to know me, who didn't know me the week earlier. And this is the first sentence of my podcast description. Then I say, discover through inspiring stories, case studies and interviews, how you can create your own lifestyle business. Sigrun shares seven states of profitable online business and other proven strategies that help turn your passion into profits. And then I list some featured guests, people that I had already booked for my podcast. Uh, learn from Sigrun and her experts how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. Then I have a short bio. Sigrun holds four master's degrees, MBA from London Business School, certified Dale Carnegie trainer, and I go into kind of a little bit the background. I was a CEO in a technology company before I became sick with a chronic illness and therefore decided to start my lifestyle business where I live and then I'm the creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. So you can see that the description has to pull out the authority of you. People, when they find a new podcast in iTunes, they look at the description and then they decide, is this worth my time? Is this someone that I want to listen to? And your description needs to show your experience, your background. If you have certification, mention them. I'm a big advocate for you not needing certification, but people want to hear from others that have some experience and a level of authority. So quotes from others are very helpful and mentioning your signature course is a good thing too. You have to come up with a name and a title. And I am mentioning iTunes a lot. I know you will not host your podcast on iTunes. You actually pick a podcasting host. I'll come to that in a short moment. But since iTunes is still 70% of where people download their podcasts from, you have to think about a lot how your description's name and title shows up in iTunes. So the name, when you pick a name, I decided to go for the Sigrun Show. And it's fascinating to me that over the last 12 months, I have watched some successful podcasters 
going from having a general name for the show from actually going to calling it their name and show. So I'm glad that already one year ago I had this idea. I'm not going to say online marketing for female entrepreneurs or something show. No, it's the Sigrun show. It is harder to market though. So I want you to be aware of that. It's easier when you have an audience, you have a list to do that. If you're starting with a smaller list, uh, it's not so good to have the name of your show be just your name. But what you can do on iTunes is my name of the show is The Sigrun Show, and then you can have words after it, keywords. So I have Mindset Marketing Masterminds MBA. I've shortened a little bit since I did this a year ago. And then my title, Sigrun, you know, the name of you, You can also add keywords like MBA, CEO, online business strategies, business mentor, Iceland, Switzerland. And I have shortened this. So you can change this. It doesn't cost anything extra. You can change this anytime in your hosting settings. But I suggest in the beginning, you have all these keywords to make sure more people find your podcast. Then you need to create an intro and outro for your show. I asked my husband for help. Uh, he helps me in the business and he looked at podcasts that I was listening to and he transcribed the intro and outro for me. So out of those 10 podcasts, I got an idea. I don't copy. I emulate. I learn. I'm inspired. But I was looking for how long are the intros. That's important. Have it not too long, but still enough information. You have to think about the intro as something that people hear or listen to, let's say, when they hear your podcast for the first time. If you're a regular podcast listener, it's highly likely that you skip my intro or that you tune out and don't even listen to it. And you might feel it's a bit too long. That's very normal when you have listened to my podcast episode for a while. But you have to think of your intro as something. If there's a brand new person coming to your podcast, they don't have any idea who you are, the intro is for them. So I say, welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Sompa. So I go right into talking about my signature program. And I suspect that people have read the description iTunes, so I'm not like talking about many other things. But I am planning, actually, two, three months from now when my rebranding is over. Yes, I'm going through rebranding. There's going to be a new website in the new year that we will also relaunch the podcast and change a little bit the intro and outro. Because the intro and outro needs to also have some of your authority in it in case people haven't read your description. So by listening to my podcast, you already know my intro outro, that I have one intro that never changes. I think I've changed it once, maybe three months after I started my podcast, I shorten it by one or two sentences. And then when we do our rebranding and come with a new website next year, I will also shift it up and maybe even shorten it a little bit more again. But this key piece of intro where the music is played stays the same. Then there's episode specific intro and outro where I say, you're listening to The Signal Show, episode number 261, blah, 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 blah. And I'll tell you what the episode is about. And typically your regular listeners will listen to this piece because they were like, okay, what is this episode about? I want to know. And then they skip the main intro, which is always the same. And then the outro, I also mention again that people can go to the show notes and I say, thank you for listening to the Sigrun show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, please share. Because I know that 
how I built my podcast listener base is mainly through word of mouth. Uh, so I remind people of that. Now, the podcast setup itself, there is one host that is most popular of them all. There are many different podcast hosts, but you need to host your podcast episode somewhere. iTunes is not a hosting service. It's a distribution channel, just like Facebook and Instagram is there to distribute your content. You don't actually keep your content on Instagram and Facebook. You host it on your website. The same for your podcast. You have to host the audio files somewhere. And there, that's where you also put the whole description and the name and the title of your show. So Libsyn is the way to go. I don't re recommend any other host. They're international. They recently added also Spotify that it's very easy to publish onto Spotify through Libsyn. And then you need to sign up for iTunes specifically. For most others, distributor of podcasts, Overcast, Google Podcasts, that happens organically. You don't even need to do anything about it. But yes, you have to get your audio files on Libsyn and then you have to set up iTunes. I suggest that you do this with a specific email address. I already had an account in the US, but that is my account where I download my music, there have my apps. So I created with another email address, a different US iTunes account, and that's where my podcast got published. People have these horror stories of it's taking forever to get your podcast reviewed. But if you have several episodes like I did, I launched with 10 episodes and you should launch with at least three. More is better. And they're going to review your podcast episodes. They're going to check. How is it? And I got mine approved within four hours. So now we're coming to the productivity process. How do I make my podcast and how do I make sure it's as productive as possible? I brainstorm and plan podcast episodes, let's say once a month or every second month that I sit down for an hour and then I come up with guests, I come up with topics, I look at getting some honor coaching clients and I take the time to plan. I put this all in a podcast sheet and I already decide when I was going to record these episodes. I book the guests on my podcast. So typically I know them personally. I send them a Facebook message or an email. I rarely talk with people on my podcast that I don't know. I have at least met them at a conference and I invite them. I have accepted very rarely podcast pitches because it just doesn't seem to be a fit. It's only if I get a podcast pitch and I'm like, oh, I know this person or oh, I read the book from this person, then I agree to it. Otherwise, I don't. I sit down on my podcast days and prepare the podcast. So if I feel I need to look up the person, like most cases, as I said, I know the person. But if I feel I need to do some research, I do that. I go to the website. If they also have a podcast then I listen to one episode. So make sure you have the time to do your research. Don't just jump into an interview unprepared. I record the podcast episode. As I said, with if I have a guest, we use Zoom. I always use Adobe Audition for my side of the recording as well. And then after I do my interview or if I do a solo episode, I record intro and outro episode specific. It's about a minute, but I script that piece. I don't script necessarily my solo episodes. I do have, for instance, this episode, 
I have slides in front of me because I recently did a podcast masterclass for my Samba community. And yes, they got a lot more details than you're getting here by listening to my podcast. They got my productivity sheet, which I am not able to share with you here over audio, but I have slides in front of me. And then I'm telling you stories and I have these pointers. So for solo episodes, I do have bullet points. I rarely script them. I only script them more, let's say, for instance, a DTPR. If I'm talking about DTPR, yes, that's scripted. And uh, for guests, I have a pretty clear idea what I want to talk about. So I have a few bullet points. Then it goes into editing the podcast. So I save my podcast files, the episode and the intro and the outro on Dropbox. It's a folder, podcast folder, and then we're in an episode folder. And my team has Dropbox notifications when I save the file. So they know when the file has been recorded. But just in case, we also have a specific Slack channel called podcast, obviously. And I drop in a note and say, podcast episode 261 has been recorded. And then I get a like or a smiley or whatever, so my team can get onto it. I also like to batch that's not always possible. Currently, for instance, I'm recording this while I'm traveling. I'm on the road. And then I don't like to batch because then I just do the episodes that need to be done a few days ahead of time. But when I am at my office, either in Switzerland, Iceland, I like to batch as much as possible because that's better for me. That's better for my team. And when you batch, you are more productive. Your setting is correct. You are in the mode, you are in the zone of genius of doing your podcast, and you're going to be much better, better podcasts. So my podcast team has to edit my podcast, and then they had to add the intro and the outro, because that's recorded separately. Then I have a show note writer. She writes up the show notes. She listens to my podcast on, I think it's one and a half or two times speed, and she just listens in Dropbox and writes up the show notes. And then my online business manager reviews the show notes. So they chat in between them, make sure that that's ready in time. And my online business manager sets up a blog post and finds a good image. So we have always asked the guests to send us an image. So if it's from a guest, uh, we have an image that they have sent us. If it's a solo episode, my online business manager will look for an image either from our own library or some image library that we have access to. We also use Adobe for that. And she created the thumbnail for the podcast blog post. And the podcast blog post is scheduled. It's scheduled to go out when we release the podcast episode. So basically we could edit everything, we can schedule everything, but we go out with the podcast episode at a certain time. It's 7 a.m. Eastern time zone. And it's Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So it can be all scheduled ahead of time. Uh, my online business manager also sets up the social media posts. So Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And then see also then creates wave files. These are like the 30 seconds audio files. So the show note writer actually sees the one that looks for an interesting piece, a 30 second piece, and tells us about it. The podcast editor pulls out these 30 th seconds and then my online business manager uploads the podcast thumbnail image and creates a 30 second video that we can use on Instagram. Then we have to email the interview guests. I got to be honest here. I'm a little bit bad at doing that because my podcast process is so good, let's say, 
the only thing I do is to record the podcast. Yes, I prepare it. I, I plan who I want to talk to and things like that. But after I've recorded this podcast and saved it in Dropbox, my job is done. So what can happen is that I kind of forget to email my guests. I know that's not a good thing. And that I'm telling you, I'm being honest so that you don't forget. It is my process and I try to remember it. But the thing is, we also go on social media and we tag our guests everywhere. And it's much more likely that our guests will share a post on social media than email their list. I do really not expect from my podcast guests that they email their list and say, oh, I was on podcast so-and-so, unless it's uh, you know really relevant to their audience and maybe fitting into their current content calendar. But otherwise, I do just highly appreciate if people share an episode of social media because that's where I will get new listeners. We transcribe every podcast episode. We use these transcripts for uh, various other content marketing, but mainly it's also just to have it for future. We also have a video of all podcast episodes that happen with guests. So not the solo episodes. I'm not recording this on video right now. I'm sitting in a hotel bed with my super duper microphone, but yeah, the video would not look good. So solo episode not, but we have a Zoom video, of course, for all the guests. And that's what we're going to use for YouTube. So we are going to put all the podcast episodes on YouTube in the coming months. We're preparing for it right, right now. And as a part of the rebranding, we're kind of waiting for the right thumbnails and all that stuff. But that needs to also be edited. We need to edit out the intro and the outro. Because when I start to record on Zoom, I say to the guest, oh, hi, nice to see you, blah, blah, blah. And we don't want to have that in our YouTube version of the podcast. What is also highly recommended and we're probably going to do as well is to have a short version of the podcast, like a four minute section that is an interesting piece out of the podcast because it's less likely that people watch a 30 minute video looking at two talking heads than listening to a podcast when they're driving or walking. And then it's repurposing. So having done all of that, distributing the episode, the question is what else can you do with the podcast? Some quotes, more images, just posting once about your podcast online is probably not enough to get the episode out. If you have a really good podcast episode, you want to turn that into an ad of some sort, either directly the video from the podcast, or maybe you can do a slideshow, or maybe there's a quote there's various ways to do it, but one piece of content like a podcast can be changed into 10, 15 pieces of content. And you need to make sure that you're doing that with all of your content. There's actually a great blog post from Digital Marketer that I'm gonna link up in the show notes, how to chop your episode into many pieces of content. So go and check the show notes for that. So this was the summary of how to be a productive podcaster. But actually, I have a few more tips to share with you. Besides my super duper Excel sheet, uh, which I cannot show you here on the audio, of course, where I have the date of the podcast, when it should be released, the title, the guest, when I'm going to record it, my uh, team comments when they have done their stuff. And then we have the link to the so that everything is in one Excel sheet. And I highly recommend you can easily create this on your own. But besides that, when I invite people to my podcast, I give them a scheduling link, I use schedule once. 
And I have created a form in Schedule Ones that asks them for their bio. I have an example bio of 50 words that they can emulate, not copy, but emulate. A link to upload a profile picture. Anything, any other links maybe to their website that they want or anything else they want to share with me before we record. This would typically only get saved in Schedule Ones and be emailed to you. But that's very unproductive because I have a podcast team. So what I did, I connected the Schedule Ones form with Sapier. And Sapier is a tool that can do many cool things for you where you basically connect one tool to another. And Sapier creates a Google Doc inside our podcast Google folder. We have a special folder on Google Drive where I script my episodes, if I script them, where I script all the intros and the outros and add in any extra links that uh, we might want to add to the episode. And there's a folder called Guests. And Sapier, with this connection, creates a Google Doc for every guest. So what the show note writer needs to do when she's writing up the show notes, she wants to have some more information on the guest, not just summarize the episode. She goes into this folder, looks for the name of the guest, and she will find the bio or any other links that we want to connect up with. The same for my online business manager. She goes into this folder and finds a link directly to the profile image of the guest. And when I'm writing the intro, outro, and I kind of like, oh, well, yeah, I'm not totally sure how this person wants to describe themselves. I go into this folder also myself before I decide what to share in the intro. If I have booked a guest directly with my Google Calendar, which happens a few times, if I know a person really well, or if my calendar is really full and I can't really find a time through my scheduling link or they can't find this time through a scheduling link, we may over Messenger find a time directly in my calendar or I just suggest a time and they accept it. Then... They have their Zoom link, but I don't have their details. For this instance, I have created a type form that does exactly the same thing. They can enter their details, their bio, a link to their profile picture, any other links and any additional information that I should know about. And the same thing happens. It's connected with Sapier and it creates a Google Doc in my Google Drive. The same thing for Honor Coaching. I have an uh, application for my Samba clients. So Honor Coaching, those who do Honor Coaching with me are always my clients. And they have to apply for Honor Coaching through a type form. And we also have a folder called Honor Coaching Applications. So my team can go in and look at those applications and I can go in and also just before I record an episode so I know what the topic is about. I've been interviewed on numerous podcasts and I have often been shocked of how unproductive the process is. Basically, my team has filled out a form, but the only thing we got was the time of the podcast. Then there was a separate email from the host asking for social media links, asking for a profile picture, asking for a bio. Then there was a separate email with a Zoom link, and this was all manual. And I thought, that is so unproductive. When you use a tool like Schedule Once and Zoom, what you can do if you set it up is when people book a podcast interview with me, I have given them the link and they book the interview, Zoom generates a new fresh link. So if we are looking for the video or the audio somewhere on my Dropbox, we just have to enter the name of the person because Zoom generates 
a folder for every single recording, and that's where we'll find all the details. So it's important that you minimize the time that you have with all these interactions before or after the podcast. And yes, I know I need to improve the follow-up with my guests, because that's not automated. But everything leading up to the recording and afterwards until we publish it is. And you can do it too. It's very easy. Just create an Excel sheet for your podcast episodes and use Sapier and have everything in Google Drive and Dropbox. And that's how you're going to become a productive podcast host. Go to signal.com forward slash 261 for the show notes of this episode. And there you also find a link to sign up for my free video series, Build Your Dream Business. Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, please share, subscribe, and give the show a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode. Oh,